Welcome to the Hockey Town West podcast. Here to talk all things Griffins, Firebirds, and Walleye are your hosts, Nick Harrington and Brandon Cook. Well, happy Monday episode, sir. Happy Lions victory Monday. Happy Red Wings victory Monday. Happy just good vibes all around for sports. It's a great day for sports. Yeah, it was. Uh, the most important thing that I wanted this weekend was the Lions win. And the Lions did. And we got to watch it in Detroit. Sort of. Yeah, it got interesting. It did. It, it, it got weird. So, But the Lions did win. The Lions are one win away from a Super Bowl. Who, who, who would have thought we could say those words this year? It's crazy, right? Like, I was trying to explain it to Marie on the way home today. I was like, she goes, would you cry if they won? I'm like, no, but it's like, it is a huge deal. Like, I know they've been bad for 60 plus years, 70 plus years, something like that. Like, never got a playoff victory before. And it's just like weird to think. But I was like, they win the Super Bowl. We're going down to Detroit. We're going to party with everybody. Like, that's that's what we're going to do. And she's like, okay. I'm down for that. Yeah, we, we need to do the parade. Like, yeah, all of it. Oh, we'd have to be at the parade. Like that's a re- that's a requirement. If you live in Michigan, you have to be at the parade. Like that's just how it works. The whole state, the whole state has to shut down that day. Like it has to. But yeah, one win away. This is crazy. You think they do it? You think they win it against San Fran? I think they they have a really good shot. So when I watched the Green Bay San Fran game, I started sitting there going, I don't know which team I want to play because like Green Bay's playing against a good San Fran team really well. So that's kind of scary. But also at the same time, San Fran was not being San Fran against Green Bay. So I was like, oh, well, there's potential for them to be a little off right now. Granted, they had the little bye week and it was their first game back. So now they've had a game and I'm sure they're up to speed. But I mean, the Lions started the season off going on the road and beating a team that no one thought they would beat on the road to start the season off. That team also happened to wear red, too. So maybe it's just full circle. Like, you know, they're going to go into San Fran. It's an evening game. And they're going to do some damage. Uh, I think they could do it. And I believe, man, at this point. Is it because of your bet that you made on DraftKings? Uh, I mean, no, that helped. No, the Lions have to win the Super Bowl for that to happen. We got oh. to we gotta do that. Uh, but no, I mean, I just, the team feels different, man. Something There's something special about it for sure. And. Those two games in Detroit, man, what a special just moment for the city. Like being granted, we were not at the Lions game. We were at the Red Wings game that night, but we went out to the bar to watch the game uh, before the Red Wings game. And just the vibe in the city, man, when you're walking the streets, like it was it's, I've never felt that in Detroit before. It was it was special. See, I wish we would have. I told Maria, I'm like, man, if the bobblehead wasn't so cool, I wish we would have went somewhere else to watch the game because. Like, I wanted to feel that electricity. I wanted to feel... Because you came in way later. Because we secured yeah. the table, like, way early. So we didn't... We saw a little bit of the chaos and, like, energy, but we didn't see enough of it. So uh, I wish we would have been able to do that. But we, we secured the bobblehead. And um, who knows? Maybe the Lions will get another playoff victory. Another playoff game in Detroit. I'm sure there's plenty more to come. Uh, with the way this team is built right now, and it's only going to get better as years go on. I mean, this is look at how many of these players are rookies right now. This is their first season, and they're doing the damage they're doing. Look at Gibbs, look at Laporta, look at Branch. Like these guys and can we, only get better. And we just signed, we just signed Zach Ertz today. I saw that. <laughs> it's really random, but you know, tight end depth is good. 
and uh, he's he's got the playoff experience. So to put Laporta and Wright in the room with Zach Ertz. I mean, Zach Ertz is on practice squad, so it's you know we'll see. But yeah, it's special, man. It was it's just a it's a, a surreal feeling walking through. Like you said, you were at the restaurant early. And me and my buddy were walking the streets and every bar you walk past signs of the door. We're at capacity. We're at capacity. We're at capacity. And there's just so many blue and gray lions jerseys walking the streets, everyone chanting. And the, I mean, the walk back to the car after the wings game, I, I think I did more damage to my voice there than I did during the wings <laughs> game with the group of people we were in, man, the Tampa sucks chant was alive and well yeah. in the streets of Detroit at 11 o'clock at night. So that was good. That was good. But, you know, after after a special weekend in Detroit like that, we should probably stop talking a bunch of football because we are the Hockey Town West podcast. And I'm one of your hosts, Brandon. I'm your other host, Nick. I almost said Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> we, are, we are tired. It's going to be no secret that this weekend took a lot out of us. Nick has traveled the whole weekend, and I have covered two of the most exciting hockey games I've seen in the Griffins play in a long time. And, of course, being in Detroit yesterday for those two games was wild. But let's dive into these Griffins games because, man, you know, we thought they were going to have to uh, sacrifice a couple games for a Lions victory, like sacrifice these losses to the sports gods so we get a Lions playoff win again and see them go to the NFC Championship. But the Griffins said nope and decided to be the comeback kids all weekend. And what just I don't even know how to put into the words what these games were, but I'll do my best to dive into them because you didn't get to watch them at all. You you were gone. No, but it I was spy- all this weekend. I spy two big L's for the Moose on yes. their spy night. <laughs> uh, yes. I, I bet they didn't see that, that coming. <laughs> I don't think you. they did. So, <laughs> let's talk about Friday first here. So Friday it was a 5-4 to four overtime victory for the Grand Rapids Griffins in this one. And, you know, going into midway point of the second period, they're down 4-1. to one. Four to one midway through the second and forced overtime in this one. I I was watching the first two periods and all I could think of was the uh, Rockford game that we played recently, the fr- that Friday night one, where I was just like, "What the heck are we doing here? We are not making good passes. We're not making smart plays. We look gassed. I don't know what's going on." But man, oh, it wasn't pretty hockey. It wasn't from from either team. Manitoba wasn't playing pretty hockey either. Let's be real. First goal of the game for the Griffins in this one, though, was scored by a guy who desperately needed a goal. Elmer Soderblom got his fourth of the season. He played a really good game in this one. He started throwing his body around more. Started started doing the things we're looking to see him do, right? Compete. Compete, yep. But then, man, Manitoba went back-to-back-to-back-to-back goals. Boom, 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 boom. All guys that we talked about in our preview, all putting points on the board. It, just, it felt like a disaster was unfolding there. One of the goals has got to be talked about because Sebastian Cosa, if you're a goaltender, you got to tend the goal, buddy. Oh, man. Yeah, I think it was the Moose third. Was it the Moose third or their fourth goal? He goes to play the puck behind the net and whiffs on his little pass to move the puck and then tries to get it again, turns it right over to a Moose player. And he's way out of the net, and they put it right in an empty net. It was it was ugly. So at that point, you're thinking, okay, they're down 3-1 to one or 4-1 to one at that time. What's Dan going to do here? And Dan Watson left him in. And, you know, he said in his post game that a lot of coaches would have probably pulled their goalie after that. And, but he's worked with Coast long enough to see that Coast knows how to fight back to, in these situations. 
And then after that, Kosa was lights out. He played incredible, making some huge saves when he needed to, showing the true mental resilience that he has as a goaltender, being able to bounce back from that. Because, I mean, that's really the first, maybe second, bad puck movement play we've seen him make recently in, in, in his time in Grand Rapids. And he, he, both times, he's bounced back. So, good on him. And, I mean, he, he gave the boys a chance to get back in this game and win. So, and obviously they did that. Other goals in this game, Rafferty got his second of the season, first game back after being reassigned from Detroit. And then Dom Shine got his sixth of the season, which just absolutely wired the shot. He gets a turnover in the corner, just boom, slap shot from the faceoff circle from a forward. Just absolutely disrespectful. <laughs> and it was beautiful. Outside of that, Bergen got his ninth of the season, and then Casper got the OT winner. That's an important name for this weekend. Marco had himself a weekend, man. That was his second point of the night. He had a goal and an assist in this game. And Griffins win this one, feeling good about their comeback here. Like that That's kind of what we needed to see. That's the, the identity of the team finally forming. Do they have enough compete within themselves to do what they were able to do? And they do. So Casper, fantastic game. Carter Mazer had a great game, two assists. The power play went two for five, looks good. Manitoba only converted on one of their four penalty or four power plays. Overall, good team victory after starting off really, really sloppy. So now you didn't get to watch this one. Any questions about this game? Question I had for you. So looking at this, kind of like the shots on net. So I see Manitoba, they had 24 to 19 uh, total. So Grand Rapids only got the 19 shots. I see Grand Rapids only had three shots in the third period. Yep. And two, and two of, of them, them were goals. goals. <laughs> so yeah. like, what the heck happened here? Like my question on this is like Manitoba's up four to three, four to two at this point and just continue to put pressure on because they had a lot, 11 shots. Um, penalties were pretty even. So like to see that is pretty crazy. Three shots and had two of them were, were goals in that third period. Was it like just Manitoba was pushing, putting a lot of um, pressure on, or like we got lucky on some breakaways or turnovers, or like what happened? A couple turnovers were in our favor there. Manitoba was just putting up sustained pressure on the Griffins, and they were able to withstand it. Like I said, Coase played very, very well in the third period, like just outstanding. Basically, the hockey we've seen him play, where he had like what the four game stretch where he was averaging just a goal per game. Now, you know, it, it's it was just good defensive effort to keep the scoring chances for Manitoba to the outside. They weren't high quality shots, the 11 that they had in that period. And Kosa was the one that saved them at that point. It wasn't the fours. And then the goals that we scored there, I mean, Raf had a really nice opportunity there, uh, sort of breakaway, but not really. They had numbers. It, it wasn't a true breakaway. And then, like I said, shine capitalized on a turnover and just wired the shot past uh, Ilya. So it, it was just more fight from the team. I guess, I guess that's the best way to explain what happened in that third period. It was just the fight, like throwing the body, making the smart plays, making Manitoba work for any opportunity that they had, and then just outworking Manitoba in the offensive zone with some great puck movement. I mean, that Bergen power play goal was some of the best puck movement I've seen. And that's, you know, that's the goal that tied the game with what? 
a minute 10 left in the game. Like that was some of the best puck movement I've seen on the power play all season. And of course they did have the goalie pulled on that too. So it was six on four, but you know, they were able to, we've had really good success this season with pulling the goalie. Every time we pull the goalie, it seems to work out pretty well for us. And this game was no different. Which is funny because I remember like two seasons ago with the wings, every time they pulled the goalie, we were giving up the empty dinner every freaking time. So uh, good to see that. It's good too that like he stuck with Costa the whole game. Like even though he had a major error, big brain fart, still kept up. We haven't seen a goalie get pulled. Oh, that's this a whole season from last year. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, because we were starting a different goalie every every period. It seemed so. Yep. Uh, th- it is good that Dan's keeping him in, let him battle back, and believing in him. You know. Which yeah. I want to I want to bring up goalie pulled uh, later on. Okay. Um. Yeah. No, it's good to see Dan's belief in him. The the only thing I'd like to call out from the game, like besides I said, right? Good team win. Marco Casper playing really good hockey right now, especially in these two games. But Friday night played really well. Elmer goal and an assist in this game. Rafferty goal and an assist in this game. You know, Zarnik and Spezia. Spezia's first game back from injury gets an assist in this one as well. Uh, then Bergie and Shine getting the other goals. Like we saw scoring from depth positions, their depth players that we haven't seen much scoring from outside of Bergen. So we've been asking, you know, when when are the kids going to step up, right? And Marco Casper obviously has. And we'll talk plenty about him. But seeing guys like Elmer have a good game like this, like that was important for this team. Seeing those players that have struggled lately get in the score sheet. Seeing Rafferty put up two points first game back from Detroit. Yes, he didn't play in Detroit, but he got the call up. He got to go practice with them for a few games. You know, he was showing his speed a little bit in this one. Good puck movement. It's it's overall just a good team win. Like the boys felt good after that one. Like the celebrations and both wins or both goals when Bergie tied it. And then uh, when Casper won it, I mean, the the Casper goal was interesting because, you know, he he charges in and kind of crashes the net, but not really. He He gets around the net not crashing into the goalie, but two Manitoba defenders slide into the goalie, which then puts the puck in. Oh, and the ref oh waved no. it off initially. The ref waved it off initially. Casper celebrated immediately. He's like, that puck's in. He knew. He knew. A ref waved it off. It's about a five-minute review to decide if it was going to be goal or no goal. And they obviously called it a goal for the winner there. So that was that was interesting in itself. So I've never seen a goal review in the AHL one take five minutes. They were really trying to make sure that they got it right, and they did. The replays that afterwards showed that the defenders pushed that puck across the net before the whistle blew. Clear as day. Oh, but I have to look at know, that. I didn't get a chance to watch all the highlights yet, so I'm going to try to do that today or t- tomorrow. Gotcha. Yeah. So I mean, that part was good. There. I mean, there was some outliers in this one that we've got to talk about, man. Yeah, I wanted to ask. What be- Simon and Albert, what happened? So they were Simon Edmonds probably played his worst game of hockey this season for the Grand Rapids Griffins. It was ugly. I know people like you know I shared a couple clips of things on the Twitter page and people were like, oh whatever, that's you know not a big deal. It's a mistake. It happens. Yes, he's a kid. So like mistakes are going to happen, but a lot of his mistakes came from trying to do too much. Still, where he's trying to. Still be better than everybody else because he is, and just overdoing it and getting too far into the zone, resulting in a turnover. Like 
there was one specific clip I know I shared where he tries to take the puck in, does his little juke move at the blue line, takes the puck in, gets pushed against the board, squeezed off the puck, and then they take it the other way and scored. And you're like, what the heck? And the Griffins get on the power play at one point where they're still down. They get some momentum going on this power play. And the puck starts to go out of the zone and try to keep it in. Simon, with some extraordinary effort, tries to dive and keep it, trips a Manitoba guy, erases the power play. Just little things where you're like, what are you doing? And then the continuation of when Simon's running the power play, the skating in with the puck, stopping at center ice, turning around and dropping it back. Like I'm seeing that continued thing, which we saw him, you know, that one turnover, which resulted in an empty netter that one night. That's the same play he makes every time. He skates to center, starts to back skate at the blue line to center, and then drops it back to somebody else who enters the zone. It's his patented move at this point. Everyone can read and see it's coming. If a guy charges him at center and forces him off the puck, they're going to force a turnover out every time. So Breakaway one-on-one with our goalie. Exactly. So I really don't know what the thought process is behind that. And This was a very mistake-filled game. Now he did bounce back Saturday and play a much better game. Do you think with... So we mentioned... I mentioned this earlier with Elmer is like he needed to bring his play up and maybe play against tougher competition. Do you think Simon needs to be called up at this point now? Because he's doing too much with Grand Rapids and he needs to just go play safe, sound hockey. Do you think he does that with a team that doesn't need him to do all of that? Or do you think we just need more of a defenseman to be able to rise up and take a, take some off of Simon? It raises a good question. Like a call-up obviously is the right move, I think, with him. But at the same time, a call-up to have him sit and only play five minutes a night is not the right move. You don't he think needs we put to be called on, up on Cider's line? No, he wouldn't be called up. And put, they're not breaking up Sander and Waltman. Come on. Yeah. That's that's unrealistic. He needs to be on the second pairing with Ghost. It, that's how it should be. But if he gets called up right now, he's going to sit on the third line or be scratched some nights. Like that's just how it's working with Detroit right now. So I, I don't know. It's really just awkward timing and I'll be curious to see what happens over the next few weeks here, but there's no way the coaching staff doesn't call out the mistakes that happened on Friday because again, he played better Saturday, but he kind of has to have that come to Jesus moment of like, okay, I can't be doing stuff like that. That's only going to hurt my you know chances of a call up down the road. Yes. I know I'm better than everybody else here. You know, he's an age all star for a reason, but right. he's got to play the full game and not make stupid mistakes that are going to cost the team. He has to. I agree with so, that, buddy. Yeah. But outside of that, anything else you wanted to ask about Friday night or move into Saturday? No, not that I could think of. All right. Well, I'll move into Saturday then here. Saturday's game was another thriller, man. Like, again, Griffins came out and played flat footed for the first period and. The shots don't reflect that. It's the weird part. It's 12 shots to 10. They played better, but they were still flat-footed. It should be noted that Hutchinson got the start in this one. Grand Rapids did start to shut down Manitoba in the second period, uh, especially on the shot side of things. They did dominate. But again, you know, coming into this point, you're end of the second period. Manitoba's up three to nothing on this team. Uh, Chipperkoff got the first two goals for Manitoba almost back-to-back, two, three minutes apart. She played extremely well. Going to, the, going to the third, man, you're like, all right, what's are we going to see what we saw last night again? And right at the end of the second, Marco Casper threw a massive hit behind the Manitoba net. It's on the Twitter page. You can find it there. And I was I literally in the quotes for that. I said, this kid's trying to find a spark in this game on his own. He's trying to spark something. And they come out in the third in one minute, and two seconds in. Marco Casper gets his fifth of the season, his third point of the weekend. And it was a beauty. Just another great goal by him. And I'm like, okay, 
we got one. Can they do it again? Well, like six minutes later, Casper gets his sixth of the season, second of the night. You're like, okay, can we really do this again? Is this really going to happen? Are we going to come back? Like I looked at Manitoba had posted something, or the Griffins had scored on Twitter, and one of their fans responded with, let me spoil this for you. Grand Rapids comes back and wins. And the game wasn't <laughs> even over yet. No way. I'm guessing this is a trend that they see down there or up there, wherever. So oh, East, West. Oh right, and at this point, yeah, too, and it should be noted on both those Casper goals, Edvinson got the assist on the first one. Tuomiso got the assist on the second one. Tuomiso had a two-assist game in this one because he gets the assist on the austin Zarnick goal at the 19-minute, 18-second mark of the period to tie the freaking game. Like, what? We're doing this again here. We had the goalie pulled. We tie the game. 2-0 and Bergie get the assist on it. Zarnick, great puck movement, beautiful shot. And I'm sitting here covering this game going, like, I remember sending out in our group text. I was like, all right, end of the second. I'm like, vibes are bad. Casper scores too. I'm like, vibes are a little better. Here we go. Then Zarnik tied it. I'm like, vibes are incredible. Like, what is happening right now? And I'm thinking, okay, overtime. Let's see if they can do it again. No overtime needed. No. 19 minutes, 48 seconds. 11.4 seconds left in the game. Aston Reese wins it with... One of the most thrilling goal calls I've heard from Bob Kayser in a long time. His voice hit an octave I haven't heard since like the early 2000s. So that was fantastic. Shining Casper got the assist on that. So Casper got his 11th point in 10 games, his fifth point of the weekend on that goal. And he's on like fire. I said, no, oh, he's absolutely on fire. Like I said, the kid in the second period was trying to spark something on his own and single handedly almost got the Griffins back into this on his own. So what a thriller, man. Like I hadn't had that much fun covering a game in a while. Like Griffins absolutely dominated Manitoba in the shots side of things. 36 shots to 20 in this game, 11 in the second to Manitoba six, and then 13 to Manitoba's four in the third. Completely flipped the script of the night before. Power play went 0 for 2, but the penalty kill went a perfect 4 for 4. I mean, Hutch stopped 17 to 20 in this game. Looked shaky at the beginning. I'm not going to lie. He looked shaky. Definitely shaky. But again, just a great team win where they all kind of came together and found a way to win the game. And Marco Casper led that charge. That's what I like about this team. Like, we've seen him, you know, in the last couple of weeks, we've seen him go out to get that four-goal lead, right? And yep. kind of not sit back, but kind of play like that possession style. And now you've seen him come back two games in a row now against a completely defeated, like mental. This team cannot be that mentally like up, you know. Uh, you should see the post game interview with Chipper Goff. It's not good. Oh gosh, yeah, the Moose have to get like they're nine game losing streak now, right? They're they've got to be mentally defeated and trying to find answers. Not great that Grand Rapids had to come back to both games to win it, but it's good to show that their adversity, they were able to overcome it. They were able to get through. They were able to play two different style games, it looks like, based off the shots and be able to win. So, like, we've been able to see it win different ways, which is important, I think. And that's going to help build towards the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, winning (laughs) winning games like this is what, you need to see a team do to have faith that they can do things in the playoffs. Now, again, we get excited every time they beat a team that's just the absolute worst in the division, right? But at the same time, it's hard to win games in this league, no matter what position in any division you are. It is hard to win games in this league. No game is easy. 
and then you walked into your opponent's barn and came back from three goal deficits two nights in a row to win your sixth straight on the road after you were a team that went eight games without winning a road game this season. Like that's that's showing the growth in the team, the coaching staff, the players. That's just showing growth across the board to where I am fully confident at this point. Something special is cooking with this team. What is it? I don't know yet. But we could look something... back at, to like 2013, right? Kind of see some similarities. Yes. <laughs> there's definite similarities between this team and the 2013 team that won the Calder Cup. Yes, 100%. <laughs> I'm not going to sit here and be like, the Griffins are going to win the Calder Cup right now. No, 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 no. They might never lose a game on the road again. Like, that might be a realistic thing. But if these guys can figure out how to get back to their winning ways at home, which we have three massive games coming up. Especially on Wednesdays. Just, Especially on Wednesdays. That'd be nice, please. The winning Wednesday ticket promotion is the best thing ever. <laughs> but, I mean, we've got three difficult games against two difficult teams. One that bullied us around one night in Rockford. And a Belleville team that has the potential to bully any team in this league. They are not a team to be messed with. We saw them just randomly throw a Laval Rocket goaltender the other night. Like oh, yeah. <laughs> they, they don't care. So this is the identity formed on the road. We know what the team's capable of on the road. They are capable of doing pretty much anything and getting a win. At home, this is the week I think we find it out. I don't know. It's going to get interesting. I'm very excited for what these three games are going to bring. I Saturday's going to be a packed house. It, I've looked for tickets. Uh, my sister's coming in up from out of town to celebrate my nephew's birthday, and there's there's not many tickets left. It's a sold out barn, just about. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if it's sold out by the time the game starts. Um, we got Wing Wheel Podcast event going on as well. Like it's there's going to be a lot of people in that building. There's going to be a lot of energy. I mean, if anybody's going to bring it, you know, it's it's a sold out barn at the van on Saturday night. So. Uh, we'll prep more of that episode, geez, on Wednesday uh, to go through. But yeah, it's it. We've got a, I would say, another three big games coming up, and we Huge. could, we, we really need to uh, get this one on Wednesday for sure. To respond back to Rockford of taking two from us, like we need to get that. So, but that's what a what a crazy weekend for hockey for you. Like that's. Cool. When I saw like Chuprikov, Chuprikov, I'm like, God dang it. And then I saw Casper, Casper. I'm like, what is going on? Did they, did he get both goals? Because like I told you yesterday, like I get the AHL notification when I'm not following it. And then I'm getting all the Twitter notifications. I'm like, what is going on here? But good for Marco Casper stepping up, getting the, you know, relying on the young guy, the prospect to come in, spark it, get us the win. It's fantastic. Yeah, I mean, if we can continue doing, if we can continue to see play like that from some of these guys, like that's that's going to be crazy. Like if Casper can keep this tear going, uh, that's scary for the rest of the league because if Bergen can stay hot and Casper can join that club too, oh buddy, we got an interesting interesting team to look at here. And then remind you that we're still missing Taro Hirose. We're missing Joel Esperance all weekend. He's out with injury, and uh, Emil Vero was also out. He didn't make the trip either. So him and Hirose didn't make the trip. Lesby made the trip. If it just wasn't good enough to go, so we will uh, we'll see what they how they feel or how either of them feel this week. Hopefully, we get one of them back at least. Yeah, that'd be good. 
The the last thing I want to mention about Elisa Mayand is that I see our first line, Bergen, Sarnik, and Mazer, all plus ones over the weekend or over Saturday's game. I have to look for yeah, bad news for anybody. That wasn't the first line this weekend. Oh, it wasn't? No, Getz moved up to the first line again. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, I mean, he was a plus one. Yeah, I mean, no, they all they played well. Like either way, Gettinger got moved back up there. Or you know who was playing second line? Fergie. Which and you know what? Games. That's okay. Uh, I don't remember if it was both or not. At least one of them for sure. We went eleven and seven Friday, that we didn't Saturday because Cross Hannis was healthy scratched on Friday. Again. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about uh, that more another time. There's too many good vibes to talk about. Let's not bring it down. <laughs> uh, yeah, just like we pointed out that they're defensively they're not great and they were able to get they were plus ones on Saturday. Friday they were not. They were all minus. So um yeah, what a weird box score for the weekend. But yeah, very weird. But hey, yeah. the one that's important was the W for both games. <laughs> yes. Uh yeah, getting those two points. We're back to, you know, third in the division again, where we belong. It's sole possession. I mean, we're we're leading it by a point over Rockford. So Wednesday's game just became that much more important again. Uh we're six points over Chicago. And we're running away from Iowa and Manitoba, who are just the bottom barrel of the division now. It's insane. And, you know, it's crazy to think that just ahead of our 37 points at 41 points is Texas. Milwaukee overtook the lead in the division by a lot. They're leading the division at 49 points. Oh, uh, they have been, they are 9 1 in their, yeah, they're 9 and 1 in their last 10. Texas is 4 and 6. Texas was kind of on a downward spiral last year around this time, too. It was weird. I should also be pointing out the Griffins are 7-2-1, baby. Whoop, whoop. Yeah. Who's got it better it's, than uh, us? Uh, Milwaukee. No. <laughs> Come on, I'll set you up for the Michigan. Uh, <laughs> nobody, man. It, it's, Michigan sports feel good right now, unless you're a Pistons fan. Like We had to make a sacrifice. Sorry, guys. They're, they're winning right now, which is odd. Oh. Oh God, no! They can't do that. They're not allowed. Goodbye. But anyways, well, anything else you want to talk about from these two Griffins games, sir? No, no, not at all. We're good. All right. Well, with that, there remind you that the Griffins do have a game coming up on Wednesday, which we will have a recap for in our preview episode that'll go Thursday. Uh, we'll preview the games against Belleville, but we will have the recap of the Rockford game on Wednesday. Excited to see how that one goes. And excited to do some more research on the what's going on in Belleville right now. Because for a team that's fifth in their division, they're playing like a team that's trying to be first in the division. So we'll see what's happening. But we'll give you guys a full preview on that Thursday and talk about the Rockford game. But I think it's time for an ad break. We know hockey games move fast, but with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, you can score faster than anything happening on the ice. This week, new customers can bet 5 bucks and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app with the code THPN. 
New customers bet just 5 bucks on the NHL and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. The crown is yours. Only problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boothill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age based by jurisdiction, Void in Ontario, bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. CDKNG.com slash hockey for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. NHL and the NHL Shield are registered trademarks of the National Hockey League. Copyright NHL 2024. All rights reserved. And we are back. All right. So for those of you that haven't followed the Twitter page this weekend, um, Mr. Nick here went on an adventure over this weekend and took in three different hockey games in three different cities in three days, plus going out to watch the Lions game on Sunday, too. So really four games worth of stuff for his birthday weekend. Happy birthday again, sir. Thank you, sir. Yeah. But uh, let's break it down for everyone, because you went, you got to see some of the Red Wings' future at Michigan yeah. Michigan State, and obviously you got to see the Red Wings. So let's talk about it. So I've never been to a Michigan State hockey game. I've never been to a college hockey game. Uh, I went to Saginaw Valley. They had a like a travel team. They didn't have a school team, school sponsor team, so there was no their hockey. They were like we went to the Spirit Games. Go to Central. They don't have a, they don't have a hockey team either at the time. I don't know if they do now or not. So my like checklist for what I wanted to see was I wanted to go to Michigan State. I wanted to watch. I wanted to go to their arena, and I wanted to go see. Uh, I wanted to go to Yoast. Uh, in Michigan. So because that's the cathedral of hockey, as everybody calls it. And I was like, it looks so pretty online. I want to go see it. So we looked at the schedule like a couple weeks back and I was like, oh, the Lions playoffs could end up on that weekend. Like, do what do we do? Do we go to the playoff game or do we go to these college hockey games? Let's go to the college hockey games. I if you've never been to college hockey, I thought the prices were going to be a lot cheaper than what they were. Uh, no, they, they were over, they were like this. What What are you going to say, Brandon? I was like, not for the weekend that you picked. No, they, you they were. the biggest rivalry in college hockey to go watch. Yeah, they were, they were expensive. Um, but I was like, you know what, so what's a life? Let's just go. Let's just get it done with and uh, we'll have some fun. So we were able to travel. It was nice because East Lansing was the closest game. It started on Friday. Uh, we got there. It was freezing outside. Um, got in their arena is pretty nice like I walk through they do a really good job of highlighting alumni players that used to play for Michigan State so like Taro Hiroshi was on there uh, Sean Horkoff was on there I didn't know that he had been connected to Spartans but um, failure on my end I guess and then uh, Abdicator did he play for Spartan or Michigan Sp- Sparty so yeah, yeah. for Sparty yeah, so he was there. He was on the boards too. Um, and then they went through a bunch of other people that had played at other like NHL arenas and or NHL teams. But uh, it was good. Student section filled in quick. Uh, there was a huge it, looking at like the attendance for that game, sixty five hundred people. It felt busy. It felt packed. Um, arena was super nice. Vibes were good. Uh, we went there really. I wanted to see Trey Augustine. I mean, that was our spotlight player. That's who I want. Like, I was keeping an eye on. 
he we think he'll probably be up here sooner than later kind of thing. So I'm like, all right, let's keep an eye on this guy. Uh, the game ended seven to one in Michigan's favor. Uh, Call him up. Not what I, yeah, not what I expected. Uh, Trey Augustine stayed in the, the entire, all seven goals. Um, state was ranked at some point. I don't know if they still are. Uh, they were ranked seventh in the nation. And what we saw Saturday or Friday, sorry, uh, was not great hockey at all. Basically, it was like the Griffins of last year with an all-star goalie. Like Trey really kept him in the game, which is weird to say at seven to one. But uh, guys that stood out, like we went there for him. But I was also like Marie. I was like Red Savage. He's also a Red Wings prospect. Uh, Keenan Draper from Michigan, also a Red Wings prospect. So we need to pay attention to these guys as well. And Red Savage really stood out Friday night. Um, he plays a lot like Carter Mazer, like what he did in college. Guy is chippy as heck, uh, is a goal scorer, can shoot the puck, can set up passes, uh, was on the faceoff as well, which I'll get into in a second. Uh, his number, Savage's number at state is 21. So if you don't know, 21 Savage. So like she was yelling about 21 Savage the whole game. It was funny. Um, but this is where it got interesting to me is that game was chippy as hell. Uh, there was 33 penalties. 37 penalties in the game. It got chippy as hell at the end. But I wanted to pull this up for you because I know you love this stat. It is individual. And I know why they do this, but They've got an entire stat. They break down face-offs, penalties, block shots, shots by period for each player, goals, and assists. So people may be wondering why you're saying that. That's a surprise because the AHL doesn't. No, nope. the AHL Most... doesn't. That's who we talk about primarily, and it pisses us off weekly that we can't see face-off stats because you know, like I have to listen to a pregame interview just to catch what the Griffins face-off stats might have been the night before where, you know, you find out the Griffins were 34% in the face-off circle Friday night. The only reason I find that out is because Dan Watson said it. So it'd be nice to be able to see that actively online. Like you're able to for college. It's crazy that you can't for pro hockey. No, nothing for pro, semi-pro hockey can't, or pro hockey. You cannot see it. Um, Red Savage went 13 for 20 in the face-off circle. I mean, per, I thought pretty good. Trey Augustine didn't take any face-offs, but um, <laughs> like, the game, it was just, it was a lot of turnovers. It was very sloppy. Um, going to Michigan the next night, like, we we wore Sparty stuff for East Lansing. We wore the Sparty stuff for East Lansing. It's Sparty lost. We went to U of M. We wore Michigan colors. Uh, Michigan lost. Uh, <laughs> which set up a really weird dilemma for Sunday. But, I mean, Michigan, <laughs> Michigan lost 7-5 to five state. Like, they went up 4-1. to like one. And then state came back and scored six goals on them. Like it was, it was a lot less of a chippy game. Um, Savage was kind of invisible that game. We sat real close at state uh, at Sparty. We sat like ice level, and with Michigan, we sat up towards like the um, like the top row of the bottom arena. So I wanted to see everything and how it kind of developed. But uh, yeah, it was just interesting. I mean, Trey Augustine played that game again. Uh, had two huge big saves that I sent you. I think you shared on the on the Twitter page. Uh, played well. The it, his team just left him out 
to dry, really. I mean, it was a lot of breakaways, a lot of like two on ones, three on twos. Like it, it was bad. Um, and they, the one thing that I noticed with Trey was this: was that they were super patient. Michigan was super patient, and they would wait for him to bite, and then they would shoot, and that's what got him every time. Like if there was a chance, like Rucker McCordy, fantastic. He was he was Michigan's best player those two games, uh, by a long shot. He's um, nasty. He he is so good. Uh, so I like that was impressive to watch. Um, him, I knew he like he was at the World Juniors. He's been drafted by Winnipeg, I think. Yep. Um, very very good. Um, just just a nasty player. But um, yeah, he like I watched him and he would like wait 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 Trey out and then Trey would bite. He'd go down and then boom, like Rucker would put it in. So, uh, but the one thing I wanted to mention about Savage is that at one point, uh, this was Friday night, play was called dead. He's skating by and he, he undercuts somebody like just kidney shots, like right in him. And the guy starts hunching over like, oh, and I'm like, oh man, like people are either going to love this kid or just absolutely hate him. Um, I didn't catch like, but he's on our the- side. Yeah, I didn't catch the interaction. I saw him skate by the guy, and I saw him, like, hunch over, like, oh, the Michigan player. So um, I was like, oh, man, Savage Savage is going to be, like, a Carter Mazur top, like, center part two for us. So um, nice. Yeah, so it was funny because I came in with the expectation of watching Michigan, or, like, Michigan State, like, Trey Augustine steal the show, and he gave up 13 goals in two games. Like, not great. It came with a with a whole different perspective with uh, Red Savage, who we hadn't done much scouting or like prep or like highlighting, uh, just because he's he's not like a big name of one of our prospects. But like the kid will be fun to watch, and he'll make it to Grand Rapids. I'm hoping um, he'll be a fan yeah. favorite. I think for sure. Um, Ideally, thing, when Carter goes up, he comes in. Like, yeah, but if you could see, like, maybe him, Casper, and Mazer on a line would be sick. Like, that would be the grind line, like, I would love to see. So, um, what else did I want to pull away? The other thing, like, they never pulled Trey. I thought after five goals they would pull him. Nope. Uh, they kept him in the entire time. He Maria was watching him and was like, he's really good. I was like, why do you say that? She goes, he's a lot like Alex Lyon. Like that's the, that's like the comparison she made towards him. And I was like, that's interesting. Like we'll dive more into this later. And I don't know. I yeah, don't know if it's just a case of like tech, like he's more technical like lion is, or they're both really composed in the net and both play the lower part of their game very well. Their pad yeah. game as well. Their puck control is really good. You know, they're able to absorb the pucks. The rebound control is out of this world for both of them. So I mean, remember, ideally, down the road, we want to see, you know, a Trey Augustine Cosa coming. Like that, we hope yeah. that eventually turns out to be the one and two. And you have a guy that's playing just like Alex Lyon right now, you know, outstanding goaltending. And then you have a guy that can potentially turn into a Vasilevsky at some point. He is athletic enough to do it. He's going to take time to hone his skill set. But, you know, if Cosa can get the skill set up there and stay as athletic as he is, there's no telling what he could possibly bring in the future. So, it makes sense that you make that comparison and it's a really good comparison that should get people excited. I mean, eight goals in those couple of games isn't a great stat line, but again, 
those two te- those two teams play different than any uh, against each other than they do any other team. You know, it happens every time Michigan Michigan State football plays against each other. They're different yeah. teams. You know, the same comes across the board for almost any sport that is in college or in the college world. So I'm not surprised that Michigan was going to try to go in there and cause some chaos. And Michigan has been on a, a little bit of a tear lately from what I was understanding based on what Bob Kayser was mentioning after Michigan got that seven to one win. Cause Bob's a big <laughs> Michigan guy and he uh, had to make sure he mentioned that one. He didn't mention Saturdays. So yeah, you know, they, it, I'm not surprised. They stopped one state took the lead. They stopped showing uh Trey Augustine highlights. Like, they were not say, showing like big saves or anything like that. So I, I thought that was funny. Michigan fans were leaving with like three minutes left, which was weird. State Sparty's guys stayed the whole the whole game, uh, but Mich- Michigan's fan section was insane, and we loved every minute of it. Like they had chance going all, almost the entire game up until about the third period. Once they started getting behind, they were like, "Okay, like maybe we need to settle down." But it was it was nuts. I wish we knew the chance a little bit better just to be able to help. But I love that aspect of Michigan hockey of like or college hockey of just the chance and like them yelling and just giving it to the the, the other team. You know, like that's that's the fun part for me. So vibes vibes were high on Michigan game day, low with Michigan State. But it went into our went into our weeks game. We're like. So we wore the home team every game. What do we wear on Sunday? Like, do we wear the Lions jerseys? Do we not wear the Lions jerseys? So I went with the away Wings jersey. She went with the home Wings jersey. So hopefully that balanced it. We got the win. So, which was a good game too. The jersey choices were hard on Sunday, man. It was like, okay, do I I wear my Lions jersey down there and change, which is what I ended up opting to do. Uh, you, You layered up. And I was gonna do that too. I just don't want to be too freaking warm because I get so warm so easily. I did. So, I know you were warm in there. But yeah, it was hot. I couldn't not wait. I, honestly, once the Lions won, I was like, I don't want to take this off now. I just want to leave it on for the rest of the game. But I was at the Red Wings game. I had to put on my Red Wings sweater. So they they highlighted a lot of the Lions uh, fans at the Wings game. So that was good. I wish like. I thought it was going to be more chaotic, more craziness, more energy in the the Wings game, but it really was. You could see people were exhausted. Yeah, like, <laughs> maybe that's what you was. could tell. By the end of that game, everyone was tired. Like we, emotionally, we all went through a lot that day. All right, <laughs> like, it was it was tough. Well, it might, like we went in, we got into the arena earlier than what. Uh, well, the same time as most people, but like they had the game on everywhere. And I was telling Maria, I was like, it still feels like the city doesn't truly understand. Like they understand, but they're not completely sold on this yet. Like the Lions, like nobody can believe that the Lions are literally two wins away from the Super Bowl. Two wins. Like it was they- weird too. Cause I walked into the arena bowl thinking like it's going to be on the jumbo shrine when I walk in here and it wasn't. Yeah, that's why I waited so long to come in because I was like, is it on? Is it not? But like people were yeah. quiet. They were like chewing their fingernails kind of thing. Like I was nobody nervous, was bro. I'm like, we're up by two and a half touchdowns or something at that point. And I'm like, come yeah, on. I was, like, still, I was still scared. Yeah, cause we've seen, it's because we've been there. We've seen it before. We know this, what could happen. This I is not the same old lions. This is, is not, not the same old lions. Yeah, they didn't put it on the jumbotron until there was like four minutes left in the game. That was that was uh that's weird. I don't know why they had it on the little TVs at the top of the upper bowl and in the suites it was on, but on the main screen it was not on. Uh, maybe you know a little disagreement between the Ford and Illich family. Who knows? But uh, 
Hopefully not. They, I mean, it was yeah, right? it was cool. They that eventually they put it on happen. there. Yeah, they blasted the horn when the Lions scored. You know, they changed all the arena lights to blue and white when the Lions won. Zooming in on all the Lions fans enjoying it, and there was quite a few people that made the transition over from Ford Field to the to LCA. As you could tell by all the having the blinking wristbands on from the Lions game, still you could see them all over the arena. You're like a lot of people did the double header, and those were the ones that looked the most tired by the end of the day. I wish I would have did the double header. I, I oh, like been sick. if I didn't do the college games, I I would have like it would have been a, a definite thing. But um, the lights thing they did that at the Michigan game too. Uh, everybody got a, yeah. a light up wristband, so uh, that was cool. Maybe like I don't know how much those things cost. But it would be interesting. It'd be to, cool to see something like that in Grand Rapids. But yeah, but that's but all yeah, I have. Overall, the Michigan, Michigan State weekend extravaganza birthday. Yeah, what what? It was cool to do. Now we've got some other barns we need to cross off the the list. I need to take a nap. <laughs> I didn't even do the other two games. I don't know how you're still going. <laughs> Yesterday took a lot out of me. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, it was a good weekend, man. It was a good weekend for sports in general. I'm glad you got to go do all those things. I'm glad we got to go out to the Wings game together. That was a good time. Got the fam out there. It was, see, it was nice. We got to see four wins. Yeah. <laughs> you did. So did I, technically, kind of. Yeah, I just yeah. had to watch two of them through my TV. Six you know? six wins total for our, our boys, so that was good. It's a good weekend. Uh, you can't that's, get a, that. that's a good batting we, average right there. I'm not going to Should have parlayed that. Ah, we should have on <laughs> DraftKings, right? <laughs> oh, uh, man. Speaking of thinking about football and stuff, though, do you, have you seen the videos from Jason Kelsey being at the Bills game, Bills Chiefs game? Yes. Jumping <laughs> out of the suite without a shirt on. So part of me is like, I'm so tired of the of the whole Taylor Swift thing. So it's like, I want the Chiefs to be eliminated just so we can like move on from this. But the the Jason Kelsey stuff is now become my spirit animal for this weekend. <laughs> just him crushing beers, shirtless, screaming into the crowd. There was a cool moment. He hot when he hopped back over. Some little girl had a fan or a sign for Taylor Swift, uh, and she was sitting with her family in front of that suite. He hopped back over, picked up the little girl, and brought her up to the window so Taylor could see the sign. That was pretty cool. I'll give him some credit there. Jason Kelsey is a man of the people. But there's a clip. I just thought about bringing it up again because it popped up on Twitter right in front of me. Where they, the camera pans to Taylor Swift, and you just see Kelsey shirtless in the background. With crushing a beer. <laughs> you can only see him from here down. But he's he's just crushing one. So that dude, I, I love that dude. He's a, he's, a, he's a good guy, good people, and... Uh, that was that was my football entertainment for the day. Because I didn't get to watch that game. Obviously, the Wings game was on. Yeah. I kept glancing up at it at LCA, but score checking. That was yeah, just doing some score check, but couldn't really watch in detail. But now, now we got what? Chiefs, Ravens, Lions, 49ers. Who's who's who are the Lions playing in the Super Bowl? I I'm gonna say the Ravens are gonna go to the Super Bowl. They've been the favorites all year. Lamar's healthy. I also like this kind of storyline is that uh who who's the coach of the, the Ravens? Uh John Harbaugh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I hope I was you like, Jim, no, Jim, there. no, John. John, <laughs> John Harbaugh. So Jim finally won his national championship this year for Michigan football. And he finally feels accepted into the family because he's finally won a championship because John won his Super Bowl 
years ago uh, yep. with the Ravens. And so now Jim wins his national championship and John now wins his second. <laughs> uh, I think that'd be cool for brothers to have one in the same year, uh, their national champ, like their championship uh, for their respected sport. I think that'd be cool. Uh, but also for John to get his second one over his brother would be cool. I know Jim's looking at leaving to go to the NFL, but uh, I think that'd be funny. The Lions game, I can see it going one way or another. I think it will be close like the Cowboys game, to be honest with you. I think it'll come down to like a play, a, a, a drive, a call. Like it's going to be a one point, two. It's going to be very close, I think. I mean, all of their games, all the Lions games lately have been basically decided by one play at the end. Like, you know, we beat the Rams by what, one point? And then yeah. this game ending interception. Uh, for Tampa, even just think about the Minnesota game right before playoffs started, you know, it was an interception at the end that won the game. And yeah, I don't know, man. It's going to be interesting. I'm excited. I've never felt this good about football in my life. This is weird. I'm a Michigan fan too. So I'm like, right now. (laughs) I mean, I'm still riding that high. Don't worry. But now I got this to jump onto too. It's a, this is an emotional couple months, man. This is nuts. The one thing I noticed too is like the Lions haven't allowed any team to go over 100 rushing yards in like I know. 10 games or so. It's San Fran's big on the rush, and the Lions give up a lot of yards to one wide receiver. Basically, they're like the star wide receiver for the team. But San Fran doesn't really have a star wide receiver. They don't, and Brock Purdy is not a running quarterback either, which was my biggest fear to play a running quarterback like playing jordan love again i was actually nervous because he started using his legs a lot this year so that's why i think there's a lot of potential for us to do do the darn thing we could do it yeah but if we play lamar again we're gonna get smoked mobile quarterback or will we or will we be more prepared for it maybe i don't know but both teams we played already so we played kansas city the first game we played baltimore in october so I mean, Are we gonna we, start? Could we could we start the season with beating them and then beating them in the Super Bowl? <laughs> oh my god! Oh, there's so many possibilities here. We could go on for days, days. Yeah, but I would um, be hated by the Swifty fans if we if we beat. The I Kansas don't care City about again. them. <laughs> they never come back. Have a, they have Michigan. enough. They have enough in life. Yeah, I mean, but, they won the Super Bowl last year. Yep, they have enough. So who knows? I don't know what else to end this one on, buddy. I got nothing for you. I don't have anything. I mean, great hockey weekend. The boys, everybody, everybody did well. Everybody scored. No, I'm just kidding. Not everybody scored, but uh, yeah, it was good. it was a good weekend. I mean, I saw Lucas Raymond score finally. Yeah, and Maria got her player to score too. So I mean, yeah, we yeah. got to win. So I mean, it was it was good vibes throughout. Uh, no injuries, right? Nobody got injured this weekend. That was good, and yeah, yeah, I'm good weekend. I'm, it was yeah. It was it's a good a weekend, weekend. Of, good weekend of sports and an exciting week of sports coming up. Still, you know the Wings have two big games this week. The Griffins have three, and then the Lions have one there on Sunday. So this is a uh, another lot of sports week. I'm very tired. I'm February is going to like after the Super Bowl is done. I might just have to take a vacation to catch up on sleep. And yeah, I I already know. I already told my boss every week the Lions are playing in the playoffs. The next Monday is a PTO day. Like it, is. <laughs> it has to be. So what did looks he like say I got another that? one next week. <laughs> he just laughed. He he said that though. He laughed when the Packers were still in it. We'll see what that conversation's like tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs>
Well, no, today's Monday. Yeah, I didn't work today. <laughs> oh. I took PTO day. <laughs> okay. I didn't know that. Uh, oh, yeah. With how late we got back, I was not working today. Nor should you. But, yeah, oh, I'm oh. excited. Everybody needs to check out mine. Everybody needs to check out Yoast. Yoast was fantastic. Uh, and go to the LCA if you've never been. <laughs> oh, LCA is always a vibe, man. It's so, so good. I love that place so much. But anyways, I don't think I have anything else to add. You don't have anything else to add, sir. So we're going to wrap this one up a little bit shorter just because uh, we're tired. Not going to lie. It's shocking that with the Griffins comebacks, this was a shorter episode. But I don't have much more to talk about. We'll have plenty to talk about on Thursday, though. Again, we'll be recapping the Griffins playing Rockford on Wednesday. And we'll be previewing the Griffins playing Belleville on Friday and Saturday. And the Great Skate and all the other great things that are going to be happening in Grand Rapids including on Thursday is the uh, first inaugural game of the Grand Rapids Rise, the volleyball team. So there's a lot of stuff happening in Grand Rapids this week and just Michigan in general. So crazy, crazy stuff. But thank you all for tuning in this week. I hope everybody has a wonderful week. Thank you to the Hockey Podcast Network for being fantastic hosts. Thank you to DraftKings for being great sponsors. And thank you to Nick for putting together a fantastic Sunday in Detroit. We appreciate you, sir. Everyone have a good week. Go Wings, go Griffs, go Lions. We will talk to y'all on Thursday. Love you. Bye. (laughs) Thank you for tuning in to the Hockey Town West podcast. Be sure to check us out on Twitter at HockeyTownWPod and your host, Nick at GR Hockey Guy and Brandon at BrandonGRHockey.